the, the idea of socialism has become very popular among young people. And the reason that it's become popular among young people is because they've been told that it is moral. Not that it works, not that it's great, but that it's moral. It's fair. And we all like things that are fair. If we're in a room and somebody has more money and somebody has less money, wouldn't it be more fair if we just pooled the money and then we split it up evenly among the participants? You know, just like the cookies in kindergarten. <laughs> Except, of course, that's not the way the world works, and that's not actually moral. Because in a free country, wealth and the capacity to gain it is largely contingent on the decisions that you make. It doesn't just fall upon you. Most wealth in the United States is not inherited. Most wealth in the United States is created over the course of lifetimes by people who engage in economic activity and commerce. <laughs> capitalism is good because capitalism is freedom. Socialism is bad because socialism is tyranny. Not it's an aspect of tyranny. Socialism itself is tyranny. The statement of socialism is that your labor is owed to the society. <laughs> The notion of socialism is that you do not own your own freedom. You do so not own your own time. You do not own your own labor. You do not own your own work. You do not own the products of your own work. The basic notion now of capitalism is you own all of those it. things, and now you have to engage in free exchange with someone else who does not owe you anything. If you want to thrive, if you want to succeed, you are going to have to make something somebody else wants. People think capitalism is selfishness. No, socialism is selfishness. The notion that I have to somehow supply you the money so you can sit in your basement and paint with watercolors. Socialism, God, objectively more useful to society than he by is. By paying you for something I don't want and have mm -hmm. no need for. God, okay. Jesus Christ. That was rough. Don't make me do that. <laughs> Holy fuck. Ben Shapiro, if you're listening to this, you owe me. You owe me personally for that attack on the one and a half minute of my life that it took to watch that fucking thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Listening, listening to him talk is labor i should be, <laughs> I, should, I should be compensated by ben shapiro for that <laughs> jesus christ jesus what, what the fuck was he talking about socialism is when you like give people cookies <laughs> hell yeah dude scathing yeah, critique like, you got him yeah re yeah really took us to task there ben really i just don't know how to how to counter these powerful arguments <laughs> It says that, that you fuck? don't own your own labor. You don't own. Like, well, no, no, he said the, uh, you don't own your own freedom under socialism. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, dude. Okay. Language was a mistake. The, uh, the <laughs> I don't even, it's so hard to like, he speaks really fast. And I think he uses that as a tactic to get around people having time to think about what the fuck he said, <laughs> you know? So, cause it's almost like too much. It's like, I'm getting sprayed with, like I asked for a drink of water and I'm getting sprayed with a fire hose. It's like, I, I just can't, you know, get around it. But the, the thing he's saying about the, the, you don't own your own labor. He's describing uh, the ills he's of describing capitalism. socialist theory. Yeah. He's describing the exact problem. It's like your, your labor is something that you should, it's like, you know, you have to sell your body to a system that makes you work or starve. Yeah. You know? it's, that's the problem with it is that you have no choices in that regard. Socialism, the idea would be that your labor is worth more than the capitalist tells you, right? That's the, that's the difference is that you're making money for a capitalist. You're making a valuable product and he's paying you or she's paying you, right? Less than... Uh, you are owed by the sheer quantity of goods you've made. And that amount of money is taken 
you know, obviously some of it probably should be reinvested into the business under a socialist cooperative or something like that. But the vast majority of it is taken up and spent in the financial sector and makes no money for anyone except the guy that owns the company. Yeah, yeah. So like, so you're you a dude are, flipping oh, burgers the socialist at Burger King or the DFAC or something like that. Burger sells for ten bucks, I don't know, maybe in a decently high end burger chain or something. All right, and you're paid for the amount of time and the amount of labor that you personally put into that burger. You get paid like I don't know, fifteen cents or just something absurd. The actual cost of the materials of the burger is even less than that. Maybe like ten cents for the shit fucking patties that go into that thing. And then the company McDonald's sells them for ten dollars. So nine dollars and seventy cents just disappeared into the ether. Sure, subtract out all, all the overhead for. You know, maintaining the building and getting the shipments over there and like paying the intermediate administrative staff. Take a wild guess that that's maybe like $5. So they're like half of the cost yeah. of that burger. It's just of your labor. is just vanishing into the ether. Uh, well, actually vanishing. It's just getting vanishing upwards. It's just getting yeah. sucked up with a giant like, uh, you know, like a vacuum tube. That's just all of the values coming up and you're left with pennies at the end of it. Yep. Right? It's like, Hey, and you're supposed knock, to say, knock, thank you for the job, sir. You are owed that yeah. money. That is your labor. And it's just disappearing. And we're all told that this is okay. Fuck you, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Ben. I, like, I, like I said, I, I said it earlier. He, like, he's the kind of guy that thinks that he got beat up because the people that beat him up were anti-Semites. That's his. That's his theory, dude. Dog, he, he was beat up because people just hate his Jewish. fucking guts and hate being in the same dude. room as him. <laughs> that's exactly right. Like, we... <laughs> oh, Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro. Uh, I have. Oh, I have something. Much. I have something to tell you. It's very important. Um, and I'm sorry that you had to find out this way, but uh, I need to come clean. Uh, ben, I'm your dad. I'm your dad. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's the truth of it. And I need to tell a little story to go along with this. Uh, I was actually summering in uh, my villa in Havana, um, having a good time with all my uh, CIA checks as you all want to do. And I was laying out in our little communal space with my beret on smoking a pipe. And uh, this woman comes up to me and, uh, she says, is that a social revolution in your pants? Or are you just happy to see me? And I said, the workers should know the means of production. And dude, she just fucking jumped onto me right there. Just fucking rode me for hours. Like it was terrifying. And like, it was so raw and vicious that I was like turned on and a little bit scared, but like mostly turned on, you know, that kind of way. And she just fucking went to town on me and, and you know, our limbs were entangled. It was just the heat of the moment. Our passions were going. And right as she climaxed, she said, Viva la revolucion. tell you uh i have a confession too while we're at it 
you're my dad. <laughs> Anyways, Ben, I'm confident that you would be content to lick Jeff Bezos' toes for all eternity for less than minimum wage. As long as it's not socialism, as long as it's not the government, you're an idiot. Yeah, that's that's the really that's the disgusting part of it. He's just a fucking cuck for capitalism. You know, un, unwitting, exactly. He's just an unwitting servant of billionaires, people who don't give a fuck about him. They just see him making noise on YouTube if they notice him at all. You think he's no, unwitting? He gets someone's paying his checks. He's got to know. He's got to have some kind of awareness of where that money's coming from, right? You think? He can't connect the dots. I don't think he has any idea. He's like he's got a he's got a billionaire's hand so far up his asshole and it's moving his mouth around and he thinks he's moving his mouth. Yeah. He's just like You think it's conscious? You think the gr- the grift pathetic. is conscious? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really want to spend too much time thinking about that the guy. Hell yeah. <laughs> just disgusting. Um All right. So let's get to it. Yeah. I'm James. Wait, no, I'm Alex. You're James. <laughs> we are Pillow Screen Radio. We're active duty veterans, active duty service members looking to talk to veterans and uh, other active duty service members about socialism and why it should make you horny. Uh, it, and why it does make you horny, I think. is <laughs> It already does. You just don't you know. know it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Uh, that's us. Now we remember to do the intro. <laughs> like last we did time it. We completely forgot, and I had to take a clip from the first episode. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. We're published now. That pumps me up. Yeah, we are. We're fucking published. Yeah. If you're if you're listening to this, you can also listen to episode one and two. We are on Spotify and Pocket Casts as of now. We plan on being on more platforms in the near future when we get approved by Apple Podcasts and, and other such big ones. Got to grovel. Got to grovel for our... Our RSS Wrong. feeds. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you want me to do my news thing? Fuck yeah, go and do it. Okay. All right. So we kind of we're trying to get behind or put behind us the the Capitol riot news stories. We're all kind of fucking tired of that by now. But um, uh, we uh, <laughs> we can't though. Couldn't help it. You click yeah. I click on any of these major news. Uh, news websites and they're just it's like a wall of capital riot like six hours of you know chaos and what happened blow by blow you know it's like new york times made like a timeline like it was <laughs> like they're talking about like uh you know people taking over planes and crashing them into the uh, into the the towers like how it happened blow by blow and, and calls and they're just it's it's insane they're dissecting this thing to to an insane level and then they're just making so much uh, noise about it because there's nothing else going on it's like that and i just want to it's just a spectacle but in all of this i found one good one uh an op-ed in the washington post by mark a Thiessen. uh i think i'm going to talk about mark first mark was a uh speech writer for george w bush his so he's a good guy click on him good guy yeah uh, definitely want to hang out with speak. him didn't sell any wars to anybody <laughs> yeah his so, first of all, his little blurb on his bio is uh, columnist focusing on foreign and domestic policy, which is, I think I'm I think are the two main types of policy. <laughs> are there any yeah. other policy? So, I didn't think there was. Like I guess everything's either domestic or foreign. It's like everything in the universe is either a potato or not a potato, <laughs> right? Um, so I guess he's just he focused on policy. So good, uh, cool. Uh, he is again another person you should google um 
his professionally taken photos have clearly altered his his face to make him look younger and and more uh, like tan. But then you look at an actual photo and you realize that this guy is like a pure result of like generational inbreeding uh, to preserve aristocratic bloodlines. <laughs> Wait, who am I so looking up right now? What's this dude's name? Mark Thiessen. Mark Thiessen. M-A-R-C-T-H-I-E-S-S-E-N. Jesus. This guy looks like he belongs in like a J.P. Morgan boardroom. Yes. I'm going to send one in the chat that you need, you need to see. Um, yeah, check this out. This one. This one shows his real face. I want to see it. Also, see it. he's wearing a fucking quarter zip. He's wearing a, a shirt and tie, and then a quarter zip fleece over it, <laughs> and then a and then a blazer. <laughs> it's like, dude, like, he's been shopping is, at the Brooks uniform. Brothers for way too fucking long. He thinks that's like the epitome that's, of style. Yes, that is the uniform of a member of the pedophilic cabal that Epstein ran. <laughs> Ew, dude. He's got like three chins I'm looking at right now. His hair is all fucked up. He looks like he's lecturing me. And it's just about it's, something I don't give a fuck about. It's, yeah, revolting. Dude, it's just, I can't, I can't stop looking at him. It's like, where's, where's the chin? Where, <laughs> where does his jaw end and his neck begin? I can't tell. So this is the, this is the headline he has in response to all the democratic noise about the QAnon, uh, you know, vandals that stormed the Capitol. The headline is, Democrats were for occupying capitals before they were against it. Uh, which already tells you something about this guy's upbringing and background. Uh, he thinks that he can just be like, well, that's actually in contradiction to a previous position they advocated. And uh, that's pretty much the gist of the article. And <laughs> he's politics, talking guy. about, you, he's comparing. You your problems. <laughs> yeah, it's like you and Ted Cruz could hang out. Uh, he's, uh, he's talking, but he's referencing a... An instance where a, an angry mob stormed the Wisconsin State Capitol in 2011. Cool. Uh, November cool. 19, 2011. I don't know anything about this mob, but I think they're cool already. Well, he doesn't apparently know anything about that mob either. He just mentions vaguely that it's uh, pro-unionists that were bust in from out of state. Uh, oh, that, that again, old tired trope right there. None that, of this is actual yeah. real grassroots. None of this is real. The unions are fake. They all get busted in from somewhere else where the unions there are also fake, which means they're getting busted in from like, I don't know, fucking China or something. Like <laughs> where do these guys originate yeah, from? Yeah. They had like, I, I guess what he's saying is that they had scabbed protesters. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's a scab protester claim, which is ironic. Um, so basically let me, let me read some excerpts here. Thousands of protesters rushed to the Capitol Wednesday night, forcing their way through doors, crawling through windows, and jamming corridors. That is how one newspaper described the storming of the Capitol. Not the one in Washington last week. Oh, wow, interesting. You have my attention, sir. But the state Capitol in Madison, Wisconsin, a decade ago. Back then, thousands of pro-union activists, many bust in from out of state, rampaged through the historic building in an effort to stop a vote on collective bargaining reform legislation. So, when I saw the images of a pro-Trump mob rampaging through the U.S. Capitol last week, my first thought was, what is Scott Walker thinking right now? Yeah, I've never thought that <laughs> ever in my life. Um, Zero times have I been concerned about the yeah. about the thoughts so, roiling yeah. around in Scott Walker's brain. Fuck you. In classic, in classic quarter-zip-wearing weirdo fashion, he says, his next line is, 
It's like I'm having PTSD from a decade ago. The former Republican governor of Wisconsin texted me. What? Name <laughs> Classic name dropping. Yeah. Just chatting. You know, he said that he sent it to him on Tinder. Dude, this guy um, is like curled up in the fetal position on his like Motel 6 fucking sofa, just like weeping over the the possibility of another mob coming for him or something like that. Shut up. I think he wanted Trump to hire him, but then he realized that Trump doesn't need speechwriters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so then he goes on to just basically say, I got you, and Democrats. Most conservatives have condemned the right-wing mob that assaulted the U.S. Capitol. But 10 years ago, Democrats embraced the left-wing mob that occupied the state capitol in Madison. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi praised the occupiers for an impressive show of democracy in action and tweeted as they assaulted the capitol that she continued to stand in solidarity with the union activists. In other words, Democrats were for occupying capitals before they were against it. I think I think this is an important lesson for our listeners. Um all mobs are the same. They all have the same end goals. They are all the same people, and they're all equal. Um, there's no such thing as a good mob or a bad mob. They're all the same. Don't even think about it. One could be trying to enact actual fascism. The other people could be trying to secure labor rights for the exploited class. They're the same. Don't think about it too much. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's... That's uh, that's exactly what he's trying to sell, basically. Uh, the police retreated and faced the horde, giving up the first floor, then the second. The protesters ran amok, chanting, this is our house, this is what democracy looks like, blah, 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 blah. Apparently people were hiding in staircases. The state senators are scared of it. Uh, I'm like, good, that's cool. Um, thankfully, no one was killed, but during the course of the occupation, Walker retrieved a steady stream of death threats against him and his wife, including one that promised to gut her like a deer and one threatening to kill his sons. I mean... Suspect, I think, but uh, they all the, love there to was be the one, victim, don't they? They, yeah, they have to drum it up. I think he probably paid an aide to do that. Um, the occupiers drew chalk outlines of fake dead bodies etched with Walker's name on the floor and carried signs that read "Death to Tyrants" and "The Only Good Republican is a Dead Republican." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Bro, that's metal. Uh, I fucking love that. <laughs> yeah, like that's actually a. Uh, that's actually my Twitter bio. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, it's also not wrong. <laughs> hey, hey, motherfuckers! Uh, you work for us. Wake up. Um. Yeah, and then he just says that this is among Trump's most shameful legacy. But here, like, let's back up a second. Collective bargaining uh, rights legislation about collective bargaining rights for for workers. Right. These guys were storming the Capitol because there was actually a direct effect on their ability to li- live a dignified life. Their income Correct. was going down by uh like in some cases like twelve hundred dollars a month twelve hundred dollar a month lost from the like a middle school teachers that's destitution for a lot of people like i I mean i'm i feel relatively well off just being in the military like housing secure shit's relatively safe but even twelve hundred dollars for me would just be a fucking gut punch i cannot imagine if twelve hundred dollars was like more than fifty percent of your paycheck which is what a lot of these people live at that's exactly right. It's insane. It's a huge, it's a direct assault on their ability to take care of their families. Like yeah. they have a right to be extremely fucking angry. Like the difference between these guys and that other mob is that those guys were motivated by an imaginary narrative told to them by a nameless internet man that the <laughs> crazy you. orange fuck, yes, the crazy orange fuck that is in charge of the country is actually a secret noble hero trying to fight pedophiles. And these guys have the means to fly out there or drive out there and participate in this fucking, you know, like basically 
soccer riot. <laughs> essentially what yeah, you said is. last time it was just like recreational for them. For some people, it's like yes. existential. It is survival for them. Yeah. This, yeah, that is the fucking difference. Like that actually, this Wisconsin riot where they stormed the Capitol is absolutely correct because Scott Walker's, you know, claim, his justification for this was that, well, we're broke, you know? Uh, there's a there's a significant deficit at the state level. And it's like, okay, I got it. Like maybe, you know, Illinois uh, went the same way. Like Illinois was fucking mismanaged and yeah. had a bunch of crises. Couldn't pay people, couldn't pay pensions for, for major state services. It's like, okay, that's a crisis, right? Well, one, why did that happen? Do you think it was conservative? <laughs> it's policies? probably because a lot of the social was... services were just fucking gutted. <laughs> Lowered the tax yeah. rates. Like this is all very clear, like cause and effect relationship between fucking over these social services and reaping the yes. consequences of that. Like, Six years down the road. Yes, yes, exactly. So first of all, yeah, it's your fault in the first place, right? Uh, two, <laughs> like, what else could you do besides throw this entire problem, this this whole fiscal deficit, onto the working class in your in, like the people that actually matter in your in your fucking state? What what could you do? Maybe raise taxes. I don't know, dog. Think about it. Raise Think the minimum like, wage. Where does the money come? Yeah, no, that's just out of the question. You can't, you can't raise the taxes, especially on the, you know, people who can afford to have taxes raised. You can raise it one dollar on everyone in the state, and it solves like half your fucking deficit. Yep. You know, but like, nope, you don't. Doesn't think about that. He needs to cut. It's about, it's about, uh, you know, not welfare. They call it entitlements, mm-hmm. which is just the word for Sneaky. welfare because they want to make you sound entitled, right? And it's, it's entitlements. These inefficiencies where people are abusing the system, of. Uh, you know, well, for like they they would trot out that story about like uh, uh, college kids using the food stamp, the Wisconsin food stamp program to to buy beer at college or something like that. You know, yeah, okay. Or like the typical the welfare queen people thing, bought, like yeah. using exactly. yes, food exactly. stamps to buy like, drugs. Yeah, that's, that's how it works. <laughs> Good morons. Mm-hmm. Fucking stupid. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's that's what was actually going on. All right, this guy doesn't fucking get it. He's a this uh, policy focused columnist, uh, Mark Thiessen, who has lost his chin. If you found his chin, uh, let him know. He's uh, works for the Washington Post. He's got an email address. Fucking Ben Shapiro's uh, hiding he, up in that chin. And he, oh yeah, and he proved uh, and he proved that the Democrats are actually contradictory. Who'd have thought? It's crazy. <laughs> no one else could have uh, told you that. Better listen to this yeah. guy. Anyways, in uh, in other news, I think we took a lot of time on that, so I will be doing some handy editing, if I usually so myself, just to clip out all the things I said that didn't sound uh, as sexy as my face is. So, um, Flint's tell, water crisis. Me. Yeah, just fucking uh, take a good look, boys. Um, Flint water crisis, right? To finally getting the governor to like pay some sort of at least like see see a day in court about it. Uh, which is good. These people are living with like dog shit water that gives them like rashes and makes them feel actual dog water. Yeah. Dude, can you imagine being held accountable to the people? What a concept. Like, how is this a news story? This dude should have been fired years ago. Like when it it all came out and they saw like, oh, this is the chain of events that led to a lot of people getting fucked over. Um, Yeah. You're no longer any use to the social like benefit of the rest of society. So fuck off, go get a different job. Try again another time. Yeah, three guesses what party that governor was uh, a member of. Libertarian Party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, libertarians are just conservatives who made more money. Um, For sure. And then lastly, I wanted to mention uh, this actual op-ed that showed up in 
uh, or this opera that showed up in Stars and Stripes that was actually really good uh, to me, which is also interesting because the guy that wrote it is, um, like, writes for the Washington Examiner, which is, you know, conservative newspaper. Complete garbage. Um, he's making, he's, he's making, he's making sense here. He's actually making sense to me. Uh, headline, U.S. goals don't require having troops in Afghanistan. I mean, maybe that headline's a little bit wrong because, like, U.S. goals are, is basically world domination. <laughs> yeah, it's just imperialism. Uh, like, know, yeah. Yeah, at the expense of all human beings. It's like, it's, uh, but it should be right. Like, the betterment of the people does not require having troops in Afghanistan, which I think is what he's basically Absolutely, saying. yeah. Um, all right, dude. Broken clock. I hear you. Yeah. Um, more than eight months since the U.S. and the Taliban signed an agreement in Doha, Qatar, Afghanistan, still remains at war. With the exception of a week-long reduction of violence in February and a multi-day ceasefire in July, the fighting is as lethal as it has ever been. Recently, Taliban fighters have conducted attacks in 24 of Afghanistan's 34 provinces. Nobody should be surprised that the Taliban are escalating operations across the country. Yet some high-profile Afghan watchers, that's funny to me, like a bird watcher or something. like oh, Sitting up with binoculars over in yeah. some like, hotel like, somewhere. Like, what the fuck are they up to? Interesting. Oh, man, his sandals are so new. Yet some high-profile Afghan watchers, including several former U.S. ambassadors, are now citing the violence as a reason to slow down the ongoing U.S. troop withdrawal. <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, know what, you know what would fix the war is uh, more war. This, however, would be a fundamental mistake. It's, yeah. Um, and he's basically saying, unfortunately, decision-makers have not yet arrived at the view that this is, like, idiotic. <laughs> the reason there's violence is because people want the war to end. <laughs> um, it's a generational war that is a waste of our time, a waste of American uh, money, and therefore uh, it comes at the detriment of American lives. As you know, you're in the middle of an actual war with an actual disease, uh, where people are actually dying on, in in massive numbers. Where you have a 9/11 worth of deaths every day in the country. But nope, we're gonna go fund our weird, just ham-fisted foreign policy overseas in Dog. a country that is so tired. You, you know what really fucking sucks? <laughs> and I knew I was going to have to say this at some point, but considering that our audience is a bunch of veterans, it's going to fucking blow to say, but let's do it. Um, a lot of people in our line of work know someone who uh, was impacted or passed away in Afghanistan or Iraq or something like that. Um, and the reality of the matter is that anyone that died in one of those wars died in vain and that fucking sucks to say like it really sucks to say but maybe that they thought they thought they were there to like protect their brothers and sisters in arms and that's a very noble cause but just the fact that they were in those countries in the first place means that they died in vain and if you're listening to this and this is one of your brothers or sisters that passed away in one of these wars you should be fucking angry that this happened because this happened at your expense, specifically for these forever wars that benefit absolutely nobody in America. Dude, the easiest way to check someone who is like so gung-ho about always deploying somewhere is just ask them, what have we accomplished? Do you feel safer? Do you feel like the American dream is that much closer because we've been in Afghanistan and Iraq for fucking 17 years? No one can answer positively to that because we all know the lie that undergirds this whole fucking thing is that these wars are useless. Fuck, dude. I'm mad now. <laughs> Jesus. No, you're absolutely right. And I would make a plug now that I was going to say for the end. Uh, this should enrage you. 
right? Yeah, absolutely. It should actually enrage you, right? Like we're we're gonna we're gonna fuck with you know ugly op-ed columnists and whatever, uh, and make fun of Ben Shapiro's like fucking thirteen-year-old voice. But like the point is, like the the source of this is like we said, frustration. We're screaming into a pillow because it makes no fucking sense that you should take a bunch of like young happy people with their whole life ahead of them, send them overseas to die in a war that was started on a whim by a rich guy who thought it would make him more money and it didn't even do that, right? You died for nothing. You died in the rich man's war. You lost your friends in a rich man's war. You lost parts of your body in a rich man's war. Makes me sick, dude. If that I'm em- fucking mad. <laughs> I'm mad now. Yeah. If oh. it, I'm mad now. If it enrages you like it enrages us, then... Then you're sane then you're right. Yeah. You're correct. You are right to be frustrated yeah. and angry. Yeah. Yeah, just admit it. Start by admitting it. Start by looking at it and start by being honest with yourself about what's actually going on here and leave all the, the bullshit justification behind you for it. Yeah. And if you can go, uh, if you're feeling like you need someone to talk to about it, um, I would point you in the direction of uh, uh, DSA. Yeah, absolutely. DSA veterans. They've got a great program there. Yeah. A lot of people uh, go through these same energy. frustrations. Uh, and they talk about it yeah. a lot, specifically DSA Vets, great organization, great little yeah. like working if, group that they have too. Absolutely. If you're out of the military and you're missing the solidarity that you had while you're in it, I would I would wager you'd find it there. It's like a VFW or an American Legion, but for people who who have their eyes open to this shit. Yep. Right. Yeah, I would say take a look at that. Uh, you can start by following them on Twitter. They got some good info uh, info there. And then you can probably reach out to them and DM them and figure out uh, where some meetups are happening. Yeah, for uh, sure. We're, we're in it together. We're in it together, man. Um, yeah, and I think uh, the closing comment of this op is actually perfect here, I think, uh, to close it, to tie a bow on this one and move on to something something else. But uh, credit to Daniel R. DePetris at fellow at Defense Priorities and a columnist at the Washington Examiner. He says, one can only hope the Afghan government and Taliban officials are able to exhibit the open-mindedness, fortitude, and long-term vision to end four consecutive decades of civil war. But U.S. policymakers shouldn't fool themselves. Peace in Afghanistan is ultimately the responsibility of the Afghans, not the U.S. military. As difficult as it is, the U.S. withdrawal should proceed as scheduled until all ground troops are out of harm's way. After two decades, it is time for Afghans to find a way to live with one another. Yeah. And, so. and he's attacking it from like a conservative angle where it's like, save our boys. Um, like we don't have any business being over there. Like they, Afghanistan needs to pick itself up by its bootstraps, um, which kind of ignores just the massive imperialist fuckery we've been doing to that region for just decades. Um, but frankly, man, as long as it gets our boys out of there, Jesus, anything, I'll take any support in getting these wars ended. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, anyone that claims to have common sense uh, and is bold enough to not just toe the party line on an issue uh, will actually see that it makes total fucking sense to get out of this forever war. It's a generational war. Yep. Like, there should not be a war that one person fights. I mean, well, start, for starters, there probably shouldn't be any fucking war that isn't, like, roundly justified in defense of human rights or something like that. Um, but if a war, uh, just a nightmare scenario is a war that a person fights uh returns from gets out of the military after has a family and sends a son or daughter off to that same war yeah and that's happened that 
That is, it's happening now. It's happening now. It's officially happening. And that is a nightmare scenario for our, for, for a free society. That's, yeah. that should, that should fire everyone up to the point that, uh, you finally say what we should have said, uh, in 2003 loud enough for everyone to hear, which is, uh, I've had enough. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Fuck this. Yeah. Big fat fuck this. Anyways. All right. So, uh, Jim, Alex, what, uh, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what are we, what are we talking about today? Dog, we are talking are. about the scary word socialism. Um, I think we had, we both had the same thought. After the first episode where we were like, wow, we said the word fascist a lot, so let's actually define the word fascist and what we mean when we talk about it. Uh, and then we had the same exact thought episode after episode two because now we're just like, well, what the fuck is socialism? <laughs> because a lot of people yeah. listening to this are probably like, yeah, these dudes, uh, I like I like them making fun of people. That shit's okay. But like, what the fuck are they talking about when we're talking about like collective action and like material conditions and stuff like that? Um so let's use this episode to kind of break that wide open. Um, all right, where to start? Where to start? Where to start? Yeah, I'd start with a disclaimer. I would say that, like, <laughs> we're not fucking, you know, we're not these Reddit tanky experts that I know are out there. And yeah. we're not, you know, professors of Marxist, you know, historical materialism or whatever the fuck. We're just, you know, uh, <laughs> dudes being bros or whatever. Uh, dudes being bros. Just trying to figure this our arms shit around it. Yeah, dude, like like we said, Pillow Scream Radio, that's all it is. Yep. We're just trying to <laughs> just trying to do something to to make it feel okay. Yeah. But, all right. So okay, okay. If you're the audience and you ask anybody to define socialism, you're in an argument or you're just curious about it, or uh, it's fucking Ben Shapiro and he's talking to you about cookies, then <laughs> ask them to define socialism just right off the bat. And if they tell you a single thing about government or taxes or liberty or tyranny or freedom or birthday cakes or like sharing shit in fucking kindergarten, just walk away because they're fucking grifting you from day one. They, any of those things that they bring up is an immediate red flag that they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So there is one answer to the question, what is socialism? And that answer is the collective ownership of the means of production. If they say anything different. the different government does stuff. It's when the <laughs> government does stuff. That's socialism. <laughs> yeah, we're going to put that clip right here. Cut that in right here. Yep. Socialism is when the government does stuff. And it's more socialism, the more stuff it does. And if it does a real lot of stuff, it's communism. Um, okay, so if they say anything different than the collective ownership of the means of production, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about, and they have an agenda that they're trying to push on you. That's yeah, the they've disclaimer. Only learned the str- they've only learned the straw man version of it. They've yep. only learned the version of socialism, the description of socialism that they've been taught in their conservative and libertarian think tanks and the education systems that feed out of those things yep. uh, that, because it's constructed so as to be easily taken apart yep. and to put everyone at ease and make you go back to sleep and keep just chugging along in your little hamster wheel existence. Don't think about the fact that there's a better life, a better possibility out there. Yeah, these dudes just learned about socialism from PragerU, from Ben Shapiro, from like 
Liberty University, it, which yeah, is all any of very them. carefully yeah. constructed to be, like you said, broken down. Okay. So here, here's the problem. <laughs> you say the words, the collective ownership of the means of production, and nobody has any fucking clue what you're talking about right off the bat. Because those words strung together without any context behind them just means nothing. Collective ownership of the means of production. So let's talk about these, yeah? Okay, let's break it down. Very first, very first little phrase right there, collective ownership. What does that mean? Uh, well, it means like a billion different things. <laughs> Right off the bat, we're gonna make this really easy for you. Um, think, think any mode of ownership that isn't private ownership. So state ownership, like you think of Soviet Russia, or, or you think of like uh, what, what's the the uh, the country that like owns the oil reserves? Norway. Yeah, Norway. Like they have nationalized their oil reserves, and it all feeds into like a, a state fund that they use to like provide social services i think alaska has yeah, like so, a very similar thing right yeah it's a good time like if anyone says the word nationalize right it took me a while to figure out what that actually meant like if you nationalize something you make it collectively owned you take yeah. it out of private hands and you make it collectively owned because it's important for it to be in, in hands uh in public hands yeah so there's there's a bunch of different versions of collective ownership there's cooperative ownership you think of just like a neighborhood community garden that's kind of just like yeah a communal space that everyone uses, very quaint, very cute. Um, you can or think the gym we talked about opening, the gym we talked about opening, where everyone would hold an equal share <laughs> yeah. in the profits of a gym. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, awesome. actually, that's that's more similar to like worker ownership, right? Like a worker co-op. Like everyone, everyone knows like a little coffee co-op somewhere where everyone owns a share in the company. They all profit from whatever product or service that the company sells. Yeah, for some like, reason, they can only apply it to coffee shops i don't know why it's explicit it's just it's only coffee shops that do that i saw a really i saw a really cool one um it's just a dude on the side of the road smoking weed with his dog and like playing some music and he was selling like fruit and stuff like that so I walk, i'm like talking to him like what do y'all do he's like well we do a lot of drugs <laughs> we basically just we sell enough until like we we can pay off our mortgage on this like piece of land that they own and then they just fuck off like the rest of the rest of the year. And I'm like, props to you, bro. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's like do you, any vacancies. <laughs> Please. Uh, Can you pay yeah, off my the, fucking uh, service obligation? Thank you. Well, yeah, um, uh, a farmer's co-op is a thing. I've heard of that. That's how they they balance against big agribusiness or something that's encroaching on their their a chance to stay independent. Yeah, farming. yeah. There's actually a massive co-op out in France, somewhere in Europe. I don't know, France or Italy. Oh, the, France, France is like the birth of half of this shit. Yeah, the the Mon, Mondragon uh, cooperative. Mm -hmm. Um, it's mm -hmm. it's like massive. It's got like two hundred fifty thousand employees, or maybe it's the know. biggest one in the world. Right? Yeah, it's fucking huge. Um, and they compete in capital marketplaces just like everyone else. And um, a lot of these worker co-ops are very resistant to the shocks that capitalism gives every like four to six years where we just go into a fucking recession all the time um these yeah they end I, up more resistant I, 2008 more um in those kinds of environments okay so so that's collective ownership right it's it's literally just just not one dude owning it it's multiple dudes owning it for the benefit of those dudes or do that or do debts or do debts yeah so Whenever you talk collective ownership, people immediately start freaking out because they're like, yo, they're going to nationalize my fucking dog. They're going to nationalize my car. <laughs> yeah. 
That's like that's or your, not what those we're... memes where like they just come to your house and they're like our <laughs> wife. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's not what we're talking about, right? Because there's a very there's a very pointed distinction between like private ownership that would be not like outlawed, but would be like minimized in these kinds of collective ownership societies. Um, private ownership is like when one dude owns property or owns like a factory or owns land at the expense of other people to the exclusion of all other people. This is distinct from personal ownership because personal ownership is like the shit that's in your house that you use every day, you know? Like the fucking commies aren't going to come in here and like take your toothbrush because you use that shit every fucking day. That's your personal <laughs> property. And that's very different than private property. Think of like the difference between you owning the house that you live in versus you owning the house that you live in plus three other vacant homes that you rent out uh, in order to extract wealth from another person, right? Like the first house is your personal property. The other three houses are private property because you're using them at the exclusion and to the exploitation of everyone else, essentially, right? Yeah, so you can, you know, kick those guys out when they can't afford to pay rent during coronavirus recession, you know? Fucking scum. Like, that's, exactly. Hey, if you're one of those uh, landlords that uh, did rent forgiveness for the entire coronavirus recession, dog. Or dogette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on our podcast. Yeah, you're cool. You're cooler than most other landlords, but still, you shouldn't be a landlord. Yeah. Okay. Or landlady. (laughs) Landlady, yeah. Land land dog. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, okay. So, all right. Collective ownership of the means of production. Let's hit that second part. The means of production. And we've referenced this in other episodes. Whenever you're thinking of class, you're thinking of the people who own shit, the people who have shit versus the people who don't have shit. Now, when you're thinking of the means of production, you're thinking of the people who have the shit to make other shit. That's what the means of production is. So like back, back in the 1800s, whenever like all these leftist writers were first writing about this stuff, it was factories. It's like farmland. It was a real estate the shit that you can literally grow something on or use a machine in a factory to make a car, like that kind of stuff, right? Nowadays, it's finance capital, it's real estate, it's like stocks and shares and service-oriented companies. Like you, you always hear Jeff Bezos isn't actually doesn't actually have $120 billion. It's because all of his net worth is tied up in like the stock of the company. Um, I don't <laughs> give a it. fuck, dude. <laughs> Dude's still a parasite. Uh, but that's what we're talking about, like the, the, the owning share of like a company that would allow you to dictate that and reap the, the profits without having to put in any kind of like any manual or intellectual or like otherwise kind of labor, um, like the rentiers that just extract wealth just because they own things. That's the means of production. Does that make sense? Like my, my, my off base here, am I good? No, that's, yeah, that's solid. Uh, it's, uh. It's a, yeah, it's a term that's uh, important. It's, th- these are Marxist terms, in case you're you're wondering. Yeah, and and Marx is not, you know, he's not Russian, which people a lot of people think for some reason. Um, he's actually got a cool name because it's got an X in it, you know, and he looks like Santa. And photoshopping Santa hats on top of him is awesome. It looks really cool. And I know there's there's a guy that tells his kids that this is what Santa looked like, and that's funny. Uh, he was a German philosopher, right, and historian originally. 
and he kicked off a particular version of of interpreting history in terms of economics. Yeah. Right? And so when we say, you know, these guys have shit and these guys don't have shit and a lot and pretty much all politics can be explained at least through a certain lens, depending on what you're looking for in terms of who has shit and who doesn't have shit. Right. And that, that shit that we're talking about isn't just the money, right? The, it's the things they own, particularly the means of production. Right? Yeah. Um, that's what these people, these really rich people are. They're not like, it's not like their bank account has, you know, $120 billion in it. Like that's not, they don't just log on the Wells Fargo app and it's like, Oh yeah, there's my $120 billion. What can I buy now? You know, or those memes about Bill Gates having his, um, you know, I think I'm going to save up for a Ferrari. Wait two seconds. Okay. I saved up (laughs) like his, it's, to be that rich, you know, there's more things accruing and accumulating value. And that's, yeah. that's the point. It's like the rest of us down here that don't own the means of production. We don't own That's the, the, it's not a difference of degree. It's a difference of type. Yeah, right? absolutely. Our, our wealth is purely a paycheck, a, a wage or salary we receive for our labor of some sort. Right. Um, and, and that's the difference. They they own something that produces value. Now, you might own a few stocks or something. You might own a mutual fund or whatever. But again, that's a... <laughs> that's, that's pennies. Pennies. Yeah. Fractions of a penny compared yeah. to a lot of this. Yeah. What you're doing is essentially trading, uh, you know, a constructed um, instrument to move money around for rich people. And you're allowed to participate in it to think that you participate in it. Yeah. Right? But the majority of this... And the actual money-making stocks are traded um, at, at levels that you will never be able to access. Yep. Right. Like, like there's there's seats at certain tables that you will never have, uh, like stocks that you're not allowed to trade because you don't have enough capital to do so. Uh, yeah. Decisions um, that are happening either at these uh, financial investment banking firms or at the actual firms that are mm-hmm. providing products and services, those decisions are open to people who own enough of these stocks. And uh, you're not one of them if you're putting like a couple hundred or a couple thousand bucks a month into like a mutual fund. Yep. You're not even close. Yep. It would take you thousands of lifetimes of accumulating wealth in that manner to get even to even sniff a seat at one of those tables. You're not there, dog. You're not one of them. Um, sorry about it, dude. <laughs> you are the have nots. Yeah. And so, yeah, then that's that's the just the alternate way I would put it, because uh, fucking Alex has done a great job of uh, of explaining it already. But the means of production is the stuff that makes more money, makes more assets, makes more things that are are worth something. Yeah. And it's the it's if you're the part of the ruling class, you're going to have to own these things because that's what gives you the power. That's what gives you power. It's not it's not as simple as having a bank account that gives you enough money to buy elections or something like that. It's you have to you have to control enough means of production. Yep. Uh, for people to have to worry about your opinion, yep. if people have to compete for your approval, and that's what makes them the ruling class. These people that are, you know, you know, some named, some unnamed, mostly unnamed billionaires that sit behind the entire political system. Yeah, dude, the ones that we yeah. know about are the ones that are fucking up. Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, <laughs> yeah. like those are the ones that are fucking up. The ones who are like really pulling the strings and doing some real shady, shady shit. You'll never hear their names unless they die. And then we can make yep. fun of them on this podcast. That's true. Yeah, yeah <laughs> indeed. I love it because they are, without exception, 
ugly as fuck. <laughs> like something has happened. I don't know what the money has done, but it's gotten inside their veins and it's turned them into their own version of Jabba the Hutt. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. So, okay, okay. We're talking collective ownership of the means of production. What you're really just saying, like when you say our society should be oriented around the collective ownership of the means of production, you're really just saying we the people own the economy. We pulled the strings, not the billionaires, as opposed to private individuals who are worth hundreds of billions of dollars own the economy and then uh, give you slightly just enough shit to make sure you don't riot, to make sure you keep working for their amusement. That's all it means. So the collective ownership of the means of production, socialism, is put in stark contrast to capitalism. So if you're listening to this and you can just hear your freedom bones. Can I say something real quick? Yeah, go for it. Can I say something? Yeah. Sorry to derail you. Just snip that that part because I want to go back to one of them. That's easy. Yeah. The the benefit of us recording each of our own audio files is that I can completely silence you if you talk over me. So (laughs) fucking watch it. (laughs) (laughs) yeah now uh the uh the thing that you said that that made me remember something was um that they give you just enough shit to continue working yeah that's that's critical that's um someone said something recently i can't remember which podcast i listened to like four of these leftist podcasts that are way more successful than we'll ever be and uh one of them said can't remember which one. One of them said it was a tactic used by uh, concentration camp guards and capos was to give you a quota of whatever you're trying to produce, mm-hmm. um, whether it's you know license plates in American prisons or whatever the fuck, or um, you know shoes or, or sewing, you know making blankets or I don't know whatever the fuck you do. They give you a quota that's just beyond your ability to achieve, right? And at the end of this, if you don't achieve it, you know that you're going to get beaten and, and your meals suspended and maybe they'll take your shoes away or something yeah. fucking just unfair. But because it's just beyond, because it's only slightly beyond your ability to achieve, they know that you'll work hard because you think you can achieve it. If you yeah. can't be sure. You think if you achieve it, you'll make it, right? You're not going to achieve it. You don't. It takes you a while to realize that you're doomed, right? But you, you try your hardest to achieve it. Right, and what that does is it it keeps you from thinking, it keeps you from from turning around and saying this is bullshit. Yeah. If they gave you if they gave you an utterly unachievable goal, you would turn around and say this is impossible. This is fucking stupid. I'm going to fight this. You know, workers of the world unite. Like let's fucking overturn <laughs> the system. Right. You don't say that. You don't say that if it's just be just within your reach. So you think, and it's actually just outside your reach. You stay silent. You keep nugging. You keep working. You stay on your hamster wheel like a good little obedient cog in the capitalist machine yeah it's it's the same thing about like the disaffected uh millionaire trope where every single person in america thinks they're just like one good break away from being a millionaire wake up call you're fucking not even if you were a millionaire you're not even sniffing the toes of these guys we're just fucking stomping all over you these billionaires jesus christ yeah
Smedley Butler is. I've had dreams about him. <laughs> uh, all right, we rolling. We rolling. We rolling. All right. We always rolling. If all this talk to our listeners, if all this talk of socialism turns you off, if uh, if you start hearing the name Marx and you can hear your freedom boner withering in your pants as we talk, <laughs> I need you to hear this next next thing. I need you to hear it and understand it. You are not free. You have no concept of true freedom. Is it freedom if you work or you get thrown into a gulag in Soviet Russia, which is always like the allegations they throw against communism? No, you're not free. So why is it freedom if you work at a minimum minimum wage job or sell your body, sell your brain to military service so that you don't have to starve on a street corner somewhere or freeze on a street corner somewhere? Because that's you, bitch. That's you. Capitalism is freedom, motherfuckers. Work or starve is not freedom. And if you think that is, I've got fucking bridges to you, dog. Holy shit. <laughs> that's the critical point uh, that has to be made. Is that uh, the system you're engaged in? Think about it. Like, if what what keeps you fed, keeps a roof over your head, and keeps you healthy and able to live right now? Live a dignified life. Yeah, I mean, not not even like what keeps you alive right now. It would be your job. Yeah. Your employer controls your health care. Your employer gives you your rent, the money with which you pay your rent. He tells you, you purchase food. He tells you when to wake up. He tells you who your peer group is going to be, who you're going to spend eight plus hours a day with, what to wear, how much time you have to spend with your family. He tells you all of these things. And we, for some reason, just wipe it all away as if this isn't the exact same tyranny that they accuse the big bad socialists of doing. Right? The fact that you have a million different choices of candy bar or TV shows to watch, whatever the fuck, just because you have consumer choices does not mean that you are free. In fact, a lot of those were put there explicitly by design to pull the wool over your eyes and convince you that the tyranny that's inherent to this system doesn't actually exist. They only permit meaningless choices. Yeah. They do not allow you meaningful ones. Meaning, an attempt to exercise a meaningful choice will land you in prison. Yeah, it will land you in a riot, getting tear gassed by police and beaten and arrested. That is what happens when you step to capital in a way that is an attempt to exercise freedom that they have not permitted you. Dog, like that's, it, the, that's the point. In almost every you single have only city, consumer choices. Yeah, in almost every single city in this country, it's illegal to be homeless. Like if they catch you loitering, which is like sleeping under a bridge or like sleeping in your car, the police are gonna fucking knock on the door of your car, like get you out of your car and take you to jail. It's illegal to be homeless. It is illegal and to why not is be that? working. Why is that? Why do they have loitering laws? Is it because the people of the city feel endangered? by homeless people sleeping around on street corners? Because I don't. I think the homeless people are probably in danger by not having fucking homes yeah. in the wintertime. I feel right? more dangerous since, like right? stepping around homeless people than they like any kind of threat that they could possibly pose me. Like, yeah. it's, the, the, this is an example of what we're talking about, is that the reason that homeless people are, are 
criminals by virtue of not having a home or a job by being on the streets for not having a yeah they don't have a job they don't have a home probably as a result of mental illness or severe alcoholism or, or, or something many like that. of them are veterans actually like many of them are veterans, fucked right? up war yeah and again you know who's done more for veterans than anyone else in the senate yeah boy yeah boy, yeah boy. My my beautiful boy Bernie, yeah. Um, the uh, it's like he's in a corner of a boxing ring, and I'm like, I'm like putting oil on his on his face. I'm like, my my beautiful boy Bernie, get back in there, come on, baby. You would fucking love to oil um, up Bernie, wouldn't you? I would, dude. I would pay Bernie to let me oil him up. <laughs> Bernie Sanders, if you're listening to this, let me oil you up. Um, the uh, <laughs> the uh, what the fuck was I saying before that? Um, homeless people. Homeless people, yeah, they put homeless, anti-homeless spikes underneath bridges and shit because it makes it uncomfortable to try and drive them somewhere else. It's just the reason they do that, the reason they do that is because it lowers the real estate value. It lowers the value of the properties that are in the area that homeless people tend to stay. Yep. That's the point. It is the people, this is what we're talking about, private ownership, not personal property, not personal ownership. The people who own the private property in that yep. area the real estate developers they're rich enough to lean on the people who make the laws in that area right to ensure that loitering is a crime and they can sell that pretty well so that the people don't have any it doesn't immediately trigger alarms and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, loitering yeah like i don't like it when kids hang out at the gas yeah they're miscreants shouldn't be throw, here. Yeah, not like the, my neighborhood the fucking <laughs> the bottle kids and trailer park boys were just like yeah they're loitering they're throwing bottles in my car <laughs> um no loitering is a, is an explicitly anti-people crime yeah if you're if you have the the gall to be homeless in the vicinity of some property that's owned by someone who wants to make more money on that property you're now a criminal yep and the police will enforce that law and you know police on the whole are probably just you know uh a lot like the military, they're duped into doing something they didn't know was bad, right? But they're there. They exist to infor- to protect the private interests. Yeah. They exist to protect property, not to protect people. Yeah. It, it, like the whole conceit, the whole conceit is that as long as there's not like some dude in front of you, some like Soviet soldier in front of you kicking you out of your house because you failed to pay rent, then it's not tyrannical. No, it absolutely is. Just because you can't see the conditions that are doing this to you on a daily basis, you can't like point at someone and say like, "Hey, motherfucker, you're doing this to me," as opposed to the entire system is doing this to me. Then like, it's fair game. It's free. This is just, this is just life, dog. Like, you fucking socialists think that you can just get around the natural laws of life. Like, no, fuck you. Like, you don't think that human beings have any kind of like sway over their environment, dude. We've been doing this since we first like fucking invented the wheel. We've been imposing ourselves upon our environment so if we can't change the fucking environmental conditions that lead to this yeah you're fucking lying and someone's trying to sell you something they're trying to grift you or they're trying to maintain the status quo which personally benefits them obviously yeah so fuck yeah if you don't believe what we're saying pause this podcast right now i want you to look up in one tab on your phone or on your computer the number of homeless people in the united states and then open up another tab and look up the number of vacant homes in the United States and just compare those two numbers. Tell me if that makes any kind of fucking sense. For a system that purports to be entirely predicated upon the efficient allocation of resources based on competition, tell me why those numbers make sense. Think about it for yourself for a bit.
Yeah. Or the fact that a country can have, at the same time, obesity and hunger issues. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. To to come around back to it, like, dog, you, you right now, motherfucker, listen to this. You're not free. You think you are because that's what you've been sold, but you are not free. You are not free to not work. You are not free to pursue whatever artistic endeavor that you would like to pursue. You are not free to go take whatever job you want because you have to worry about your wife, your kids, how you're going to pay rent, how these other motherfuckers are going to extract wealth from you so that they can like sit on their ass all day controlling the means of production. You are not free. Wake the fuck up. Yeah, that illusion that you harbor in the in the secret part of your brain, right, that you're going to go to retire someday and move to the perfect city and uh, and make friends and whatever, that you're going to have time to travel the world when you save up enough money. Take long walks yeah. around that the you're fucking gonna, Palisades or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You're going to be able to, you're going to be able to take care of your parents when they get old, right? All of that. None of that's, none of that's guaranteed, not by a long shot. In fact, none of that's, really possible anymore that is that That's is the, the the little bit extra the just beyond your means just like the quota that is just beyond your ability to do that keeps you fucking going every single day and as a long as long as they keep that quota they keep that carrot on the stick just far enough in front of you and they keep the fucking the stick the one that's gonna fucking beat you if you fall to the ground just far enough behind you you're gonna continue fucking running like the good little pig that you are if you're in your 20s or 30s like we are, you're going to see Social Security allotments decrease yep. as time goes forward. You're going to see the retirement age rise as time progresses. You're going to see all the things that you've been promised diminish in front of you. Mm-hmm. And it's going to feel like you're chasing the moon. Yep. It's going to feel like you're chasing the moon. It's You're going to keep running and you're never going to reach it. That's the point. That's right? the point, man. These things that should be human rights, the things that should be... That, that are essential to human dignity, to a life in dignity on this planet before you say goodbye. Those things are not possible and increasingly not possible under the current system. Yep. And to to the veterans that are listening to this, maybe some of what we're saying kind of like hits you in the heart because you fucking know. You fucking know why you joined the military because you thought that it was going to be a route out of poverty. You thought it was going to be a route to getting the college degree. Or, frankly, if you went like ROTC or another officer commissioning source, you thought it was a route to master's or a route to be a man, to be a leader. Um, Yeah, it's fucking, it's not it, dog. That's not it. to this to to like the promises that capitalism gives us versus like the existential threat to our freedom that socialism provides dude that shit starts just falling away the second you apply a tiny bit of pressure to this system to the capitalist system dude think about the fucking coronavirus and how we all just kind of accepted the fact that 
350,000, 400,000 people have to die in order to keep the economy open. As if the economy is a single fucking thing that matters. It is a complete social construct that we've determined is like, okay, this is a reflection of how the general business trends are doing in our country. But when you start sacrificing people to the fucking economy line, got to make sure that Dow Jones goes up, dog. Like, we've lost it. We've fucking lost it. Same thing with, like, the BLM protests. Look at how how fucking hard the police came down on them because of the threat that it posed to, like, the structural authoritarian rule that these police unions have over our fucking country. Dude, and we talked about it in the last episode. Look at how the generals freak out when the main recruiting draw, which is tuition-free college, was threatened. Anytime you apply a little bit of pressure to this system, it just starts falling the fuck apart. And you should be paying attention to this, listeners, so that you can identify where these like rifts in the system open up and you look at it and you're like, holy shit, that's the real thing underneath. This fucking just ball of slime and disgustingness and just fucking insanity that we're seeing like lifted like the veil from our eyes. We can kind of see this every now and then. Fucking pay attention because that's the reality we live in. We've just been covered up with all these consumer products. And like, dude, I think of all the consumer products and that we could have talked about it before, but I can't remember if we did. Maybe it was one of like the, the lost episodes. Um <laughs> we have lost episodes dude uh the, the scene in hurt locker where he comes back from his deployment and he's looking at all the fucking cereal and all the fucking peanut butter and he just freaks out because like none of that shit matters it's all the same fucking corn product the same sugar product just packaged differently a lot of them come from the same fucking factories like think of how many versions of sunglasses you think you can buy don't they all come from the same exact fucking factory they're all manufactured by the people who own ray-ban they're just sold at different tiers they're just different fucking brands all the shit that you see in front of you this like wealth of choice it's all the same fucking thing just packaged differently tv shows dude how many fucking police procedurals do we have? Except, like, one of them is, you know, aliens are here this time. Except the other one is, like, uh, this one, this guy, this detective is actually uh, Satan or something. Like, what the fuck? What are we doing? It's all the same show. <laughs> they followed the same fucking tropes. They all have the same white, cissexual, strong-jawed fucking guy or woman leading the show. And, dude, it's just so fucking boring. Yeah. If, if you think they there's nothing... They literally have nothing... algorithms that generate music. They literally have algorithms that generate music for, like, Swedish companies that have taken over that bullshit. Yeah, dude, you even see it in, like, articles nowadays. You can, like, read articles on the internet, you read it, and you're like, okay, this was either written by someone who doesn't have, like, a firm grasp of the English language, or it's written by a fucking robot. And, yep. I don't know, 50-50, but a lot of articles are either being written or, like, assisted in writing just the content of the shit that you read every single day. Yep. All right. All right. All right. Fuck all this. There is a better way than all of this. If you are frustrated, you're a veteran or you're just a fucking random dude listening to all of this and you're frustrated by all the shit that's going on around you. There is a better way. And the people who tell you that socialism is this big, scary fucking devil it's going to take all your rights and take all your freedom. <laughs> They're lying to you because they don't want you to know that there's a better way. They don't want you to know that there's there's a different way we can structure our society in order to achieve like levels of human achievement that 
we haven't seen so far, right? Like how much of us just waste away working dead end fucking jobs when we have like a natural proclivity to like playing the guitar or something. And you're going to make the most, you have the potential to make the most beautiful music that the human race has ever seen. But you can't because you work on some dead end job. You don't have enough money to buy a guitar. Uh, you're going to go full 80 years in your life thinking that you're living the American way. And uh, you're just going to pass away and no one will ever know. Versus like the true capacity for human potential when people are just unshackled from this fuckery that we deal with every single day. That's that is like the pillar on the horizon that we need to be working towards because all of these motherfuckers who say that we have to go back to 1776 at the height of the founding fathers and the revolution and the height of like liberty and you know like the scientific revolution all this fucking shit they think that the answer to all of these social problems that we have is returning to some point in the past dude fuck you have some imagination wake the fuck up there is a better society that we can work for and should be working for on a day-to-day basis that starts with understanding what socialism actually is and not what it's been told to you by all these fucking grifters on Fox News, on CNN, all these neoliberals, all these Republicans, all these conservatives, all these fucking Democrats that tell you that the current structure is the way it has to be. The end of history. You know? Fuck them. We have something better and we deserve something better. So we're trying to figure out how to monetize this because as much as I love being a socialist, I also do want to sell my uh, labor <laughs> for, <laughs> for services and products. Sell my brain juices. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please subscribe. Yeah, so uh, we have a BitPatron. We have the link in all of the episodes as well as our homepage. Um, it is not convenient. Sorry about it. But if you'd like to buy us a beer, uh, if you'd like to contribute to uh, Jimbo's fund for if he gets kicked mm-hmm. out of the military and has to figure out how to pay rent for a while. Uh, go ahead and Honestly, drop us severe risk. Yeah, yeah, drop us some bits, boy. Yeah, um, they are looking to come out with some way where you can do it through credit card or otherwise. Um, we don't really care. We just want to make sure it's not traceable to us. So, yeah, take a look at our bit patron. Give us money. It's gonna buy me beer and drugs. <laughs> <laughs> You got anything? Yeah. Um, let's see. I feel like I had something. I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah. Well. Anyways, you got some good good episodes to look forward to. Hope you give us a listen. We're on Spotify and Pocket Casts right now. I think. Uh, hoping we'll be on some of the bigger ones soon. We're taking certain precautions to make sure that we're not, uh, you know, at risk that like, you know, the labor we're selling doesn't 
become unsellable as a result of exactly I was trying to spit a little fire here on the podcast um, you know but uh, we're trying to work around that and figure out a way to reach it reach an audience that's large enough to matter and uh, if you want to contribute say something and if you want to contribute to that please be our guest yeah send us an email if you know how to work audacity because neither of us fucking do hit us up too <laughs> yeah i'm trying to figure out how to do one of those like robot voices I'm, I'm working on it there's i think there's a youtube comment on it i just want to say like you know like lick my balls in like a in, a in like a robot accent but i can't do that yet i'm working on it if you have a producer that can that can do a demonic version of lick my balls that'd be great